Welcome to a Delco Nerd Network podcast. Guys, my name is Anthony Rigucci, and here with a few friends in the Delaware County area, we get in the basement and we talk about a certain topic. Today's topic is going to be celebrating Kingdom Hearts, 20 years of Kingdom Hearts, that is, and here to discuss Delaware County's own king of Nintendo himself, Chris Connor. It's been a while, man. It has been a while. I think the last time I was actually on here was for Kingdom Hearts review, actually. Yes, it was. I was actually thinking like the um, the Zodiac age review. That was the first thing I did. Then it was all just Kingdom Hearts stuff. Yeah. Yeah, he keeps me on the wall right there. In case of Kingdom Hearts, break glass. Yeah, exactly. There's only like a few people I can like, I, like I got to bring the Kingdom Hearts, like the, 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 the diehard Kingdom Hearts fans in for the Kingdom Hearts stuff. It's like, this is how it works. But before we jump into Kingdom Hearts, Chris, we usually like to talk about what we're playing, doing, watching, whatever. What nerdy shit have you been up to? Well, when I get time, I'm currently on my senior year of college, thank God. I have been doing stuff <laughs> when it comes to, say, Nintendo, a lot of different games on the Switch. Like, I got into Arceus, definitely a very unique sort of take on the on the whole Pokemon series. Definitely feel like it's a decent step when it comes to trying to make some more originality. Otherwise, I've also been on the P- PS4. I have played Final Fantasy IX, and I can definitely see why people liked it so much. Did you finish Arceus? Uh, technically, main story, yeah, but not compl- everything, you know? All right, so yeah, you did, you finished it, but I completed it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then what was the other thing you just said? Final Fantasy IX. Final Fantasy IX. Yeah, I, um, I, I, I'm, I'm really waiting for those pixel remasters to come to console because I want to, I like, I'm, I just have an interest in like just doing like one through six and then eight and nine. So like I have it, but I just never played it yet. And I'm not at this point like there's really no rush to play it. I'm still sore about six, by the way. Only being why not being on console. Oh, it's it's ridiculous. Like well, I'm sure we'll bring up some ridiculous things that Square does, but like the fact that they like the fact that they haven't said they're bringing those pixel remasters to console is so stupid. Like I just don't get it. I just don't understand. But then you have a series like Kingdom Hearts, which is on every platform. Every game. Now it is. Every platform. Like, literally every Kingdom Hearts game you can play on, like, every platform. But, like, Final Fantasy, you can't? Not. What? Like, I just don't get it. Yeah, you never know. <laughs> you just never know. Yeah, somebody was saying now that they're all out, they were thinking that, oh, they're, it's going to get a physical release with all of them together. That would certainly... And then I guess they released them maybe a la carte or all together on the uh like on the digital storefronts i mean that would certainly be the best especially if you're you try playing it on nintendo yeah is it it's not it's no they're not they're not on switch they're just on yeah it's just on um right it's just it's mobile and and pc yeah i hope they wouldn't do the cloud version thing since we're talking about that we'll get to that but yeah i'm i i was i was probably gonna bring that up at some point in time um, but yeah, what have I been doing? Not too much, uh, like, uh, since we last on. Usually I have a whole fucking list of things, but it's really only two things. Been playing a shit ton of Elden Ring, which I'm sure if you're in the Discord, which you can join on our website or in any of our bios on our social feed, um, or in the description of this very podcast. Um, yeah, Elden Ring has been the topic of conversation, as I'm sure you're probably annoyed by it, as somebody um, not playing it. I'm sure there's going to be a ton of talk even after the hype dies down. Come, come December, it's going to be one of the big choices. We all. Know I that. think it's going to be game of the year. Like, like Trio kind of mentioned Starfield like last night in Discord, and I'm like, yeah, like we'll see. 
I really think Elden Ring is going to be game of the year. Like right now, it's like it's just it's just a no brainer. It's like Elden Ring has just entered the zeitgeist and in such a way that like we've never really seen before from a Souls game, and um, yeah, and it's good. <laughs> you know, it's not just like oh, like everyone's playing it, but like it's fucking fantastic. It's really cool. I think like have you have you played any Souls game at all? I've tried it a couple occasions. I haven't really gotten into them. I've been really thinking of trying to get into it, but like I'm not sure. Should I start from the beginning? Should I? Go yeah, anywhere? that's that's yeah. the question. And I would almost say Elden. Like I, I think you can jump in Elden Ring and be fine. It's actually probably one of the easier of of them. It's not as difficult as I think like the first Dark Souls is, really? or Bloodborne can be. Yeah, it's a little. I and I think the reason is it's open world, so there's more to do. So you're not just like face grinding against one boss and you can't do anything else like it's this way or you know that's it with 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 elden ring you can be at a boss and be like hey i'm, I'm gonna go explore somewhere else and like level up like you can do that in that game whereas the other dark souls like i just said you can't might i just say that i am grateful for that by the way it seems like the new age of open world gaming like i think back to the days with mario 64 and banjo kazooie and now look with breath of the wild we got all these new ones there's gonna be a new kirby game there's gonna be a sonic one we got elden ring it's i i kind of hope not and i i think i everyone was like like I, I hear what you're saying, you're right, <laughs> but I hope, like, I think the way Elden Ring does open world is very tasteful, whereas, like, like playing this and Horizon Forbidden West, it's kind of, it's kind of, like, easy to, like, be like, yeah, Elden Ring is the better open world game because of, like, the minimalistic aspect of it and, like, the fact that it's not, it's not, like, typical Ubisoft open world game where your map is full of bullshit, mm. which is what Horizon is. Your map is full of bullshit all the time, and it's very overwhelming. Where Elden Ring, like, once you get the map open, all that there's on the map is fast travel points to the Sites of Grace that are bonfires, essentially, um, and some, like, locations, named locations that you found. But, like, other than that, that's it. But, like, when you open that world <laughs> world map on Horizon, you're like, Jesus Christ. It's huge, and there's just, like, markers everywhere. It's just, like, I would love to see, like, if, if Nintendo decided to do, like, a, a, put one of their IPs in an open world, like, the minimalistic aspect, I think, uh, just works better. Is Zelda like that? Is it minimalist in, in its map? And I mean, the map, you pretty much have to discover shit for yourself. Like, for instance, you have to go to, like, every tower in order to record the map so you have an idea of what's going on. I was going to say, are there viewpoints? Because <laughs> I hate viewpoints. Because it, it's so big. You have to teleport. You, you can try going by foot or by horse, but you're, you, you're just going to be too tense. It's too massive. Yeah, like, I think I'm, I'm very... I try to not fast travel a lot. Like, if I'm just going back to a place that's, like, really far or I've already been there, I'll fast travel. Like, in Skyrim especially, like, I remember I was just, like, fast traveling does kind of ruin games. Especially once you get that whole map, you're just bing bopping and everywhere. Yeah. Like, it kind of takes, it takes, like, the exploration part just totally out of it. And even back to the days with, like, Wind Waker and stuff, once you got that fast travel, you weren't really doing that much normal travel, which is why for the HD remake, they actually put a faster sail in there, so they will make you want to sail more, like that sort of thing. Yeah. And, um, yeah. I finished... Have, have you heard of the show Mayor of Easttown? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I watched that, and I finished that, and I'm, like, really, like, high on it. It's, like, fucking great, man. Such a cool show, because it's, one, it's filmed here, and it's based here so it's just like i talked about it on our discord i left like a whole message about it but i was just like this is this is cool man like the like just what they what they decided to do with that and 
and how it's, you know, it's not just based here, but, like, they reference places here all the time. <laughs> Delco rep. Yeah, like, it, it, you know, it's seriously, like, what it is. And, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm really about it. Have you have you seen it or no? I've seen parts of it. Like, I see people constantly posting about, like, certain things. Like, oh, they mentioned this. They mentioned that. We're represented. That sort of thing. Yeah, like, constantly. Like, like colleges or, like, town. Or like, yeah, I know. It lives in Drexel Hill. <laughs> just like, it's just, like, very, like, casual. Like, oh, yeah. Cool. Yeah, it's seven episodes, real quick watch, hour episodes, one one season, in and out, great. I, I will say that all I watch now is Netflix or some sort of streaming. Like, who even has cable anymore these days? We don't. We we haven't had cable in a while. Yeah, even my dad cut the cord. And my dad was always like, uh, he would switch between RCN uh, and Comcast, basically for the, for the rates. Like, whichever was cheapest, he would just switch over to. And he, he cut the cable. And, like, nowadays, it is really easy to cut the cable because the apps, especially if you want, like, live TV, like, all those apps are kind of, like, good now. Mm-hmm. There was a point in time when they were all new and they were all kind of, like, like, Sling was the first one we had. I use YouTube TV now for live TV. And Sling was, like, iffy. Like, with The Walking Dead on Sunday nights, like, it would, it would crash because everyone was on there watching The Walking Dead. On yep. nine o'clock on a Sunday, they would not expect that much server use. Yeah, do me a favor, push the mic forward a little bit towards me. Good, perfect. It's just it's move in front of your face. I I might I might bother you. Uh, I might. That's interrupt. fine. I know this this table like moves around a bit, and this is the first time I've been at the table. I'm finally at the big boy table, guys. Yeah, yeah. Emma did a great job. You can find her stuff. We haven't mentioned her in a while, but Emma's Emma's information is in the uh, description. If you're looking for like wood wood woodworked crafts and stuff like that, she she's a, a local artist and she does a ton of stuff like our table. Yeah, check out her Instagram, House of Me. She makes some pretty nice stuff. Yeah. All right. So let's get into it. Let's talk about Kingdom Hearts, which we are celebrating on this podcast. Will release on March 28th. We're recording it a little earlier. Um, to celebrate the 20 years of Kingdom Hearts, the Japanese release, of course. It's It'll, st- still hard to believe, man. 20 years. My God. And, and then it'll release six months later. Remember that back in the day where Japanese games came six months beforehand? That's not a thing anymore. But I back hope. in the day, the U.S. release was all, especially for Square games, always six months after. So that's when I we hope got it. St- I hope it doesn't come back. I know, like, for three, it was like a week or two after the Jap- Japanese release, something like that. Like, I hope we don't go back to six months. Yeah, I think we're such a worldly world now that, like, especially with, like, releases and stuff, video games are popular, you know? Like, you don't, like, there's a lot of, like, PS1 games and stuff that were, like, Japanese only and you hear a lot about like that's not really like a thing anymore it's like if it's released it's released everywhere you know especially with digital storefronts it's it's like more accessible to do that and stuff but even with these big titles like kingdom Hearts one obviously like wasn't a big thing when it came well it was a big thing when it came out and it wasn't a big thing when it came out but you know like we didn't know what to expect when we first saw those commercials exactly like no one knew that this combination would work so well so that kind of segues into my first thing where was the first time like i uh, First off, we've been friends for like 10, mid- 15 years. I was like 10, 15 years. And I feel like we like not became friends because of Kingdom Hearts, but I feel like like our like first like mutual interest was obviously video games, but like Kingdom Hearts. And um, I remember like when middle school, when we first started getting closer, we were like Kingdom Hearts 2. We were always talking about Kingdom Hearts 2 and shit. Um, but I don't think I know this about you. Yeah, when did you first kind of discover Kingdom Hearts? Where did you see it? And like, and I guess leading up to getting it or playing it. 
Well, the original, I definitely remember seeing all of those different types of commercials. You hear Utada, on Disney Channel, Utada Hikaru. You would hear all that, <laughs> and like I didn't have a PS2 at the time. I I thought that maybe if I get a PS2, I'll get into this. Like, wait, it's Disney. What's going on here? But I definitely thought it had some potential, and I was right. But technically, the first game I did play was I got a gift. It was the original Chain of Memories for Game Boy. Wow, you didn't play the first one first. Yeah, but I don't think I knew that. Yeah, but then I got the original once I got the PS2, and I was like, Chain of Memories. That's not even scratching the surface. It is whereas way much more than that Game Boy game had. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um. So my my kind of kingdom, hey Gino, my my kind of kingdom hearts like origin story is a little like interesting. So it must have been, I guess two thousand two or two thousand three, that he uh, that I that I first kind of discovered it. And uh, sorry, I had to take my dog's collar off because he's over here. <laughs> um. Yeah, it was like 2000, probably 2002, 2003 when I discovered it, right? Because we're March 2020, or 2002, and then six months later would be September, right? September, August, October, somewhere in there. Yeah, so I probably discovered it in end of 2002 or sometime in 2003, and I'm gonna, I'm gonna drop some names here, name drop. I was at Anthony Angelucci's house, he was a friend from elementary school, shout out to him, because I don't know if I would have ever discovered kingdom hearts, he, I remember his, his family had just done a renovation on his, like on like his family room. And like, he had a new big TV. And I remember like, I would come home after school or like, like a Friday after school. And we played like Sly Cooper, so discovered Sly Cooper from him. And, um, we played like knife fire and kingdom hearts was a game he had that he played. And I remember we were playing it and, like we only did the destiny island section so that was like the first part of it i saw mm. so like the disney aspect of it like wasn't i think what grabbed me so we played that destiny island section i don't think we ever got past it to mm. be honest like i'm not sure like exactly if we got to traverse town but like i just remember me like this is cool like not really knowing the disney aspect of it too much other than maybe like looking at the box and being like my original Kingdom Hearts one copy, Greatest Hits, which we'll get into when I got it. Yeah, like the back, like, you know, it clearly has like, you know, Disney characters and stuff. And you're like, oh, yeah, like, oh, there's Donald and Goofy on the cover. Like, what? Like, what is this? <laughs> like, it's it's it. like you said, it's so weird. Um, it did. Def- it did defy expectations. Like people didn't really think that it would be as big a success as it was. Yeah, it's it strange. Happened. The whole idea of it is really strange. And I and I, I think I I. I I know this is like a fun fact that everyone knows that Kingdom Hearts was literally an elevator pitch from uh, Japanese uh, employees. I for, I don't. It wasn't Tetsuya. I don't think it was Tetsuya. Was it Tetsuya, Tetsuya Nomura? Whoever pitched it to some Disney executive in an elevator because they worked in the same office. Yeah. I've heard that is not true. Yeah, the originally the protagonist was supposed to be either Mickey or Donald, like something like that. that that's probably when they pitched it. Yeah, and like Sora's design, he had like a key, uh, like a chainsaw, chainsaw keyblade, and he looked more like an animal. He looked like Zidane, pretty much. Yeah, exactly. Um, from from nine, um, but yeah. So Anthony Angelucci's in elementary school, first time I played it, and then I think at another buddy Matt Hayward's, I went there and I saw Traverse Town. I think opposite armor for the first time. Mm-hmm. So like this was sometime probably in two thousand three, and I was like, oh yeah, like I, I've seen this game before, and now I'm seeing more of it. And that Easter, so it had to have been Easter of 2003, 
this 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 box was in my Easter basket from my mom in this house upstairs. <laughs> and I remember like coming into her house and like seeing I'm like, oh, Kingdom Hearts. Like I I don't even know like how that ended up happening. If I talked about it to my mom or like like I don't know how the fuck that happened. I mean same thing with me. I don't know how that happened with <laughs> Chain of Memories. Like it just happened. Right. I mean maybe the Disney like I I, I had to have told my mom because like with games like I put games on my Christmas list. I don't I don't remember having like an Easter list. I don't know why my maybe my mom asked me like something about it and like knew because like I, I I imagine I probably would have been talking about it. Um, but like yeah, now that I think about it, I don't know the fuck how it got in the Easter basket. But yeah, that that kind of started the uh, train of Kingdom Hearts that we're on now. I played it. I got stuck um, at Opposite Armor. Which then I, my dad, I remember the morning, it was like a, probably a Saturday or Sunday morning, we'd go over to GameStop and I grabbed this, this, uh, what is this, Brady Games, right? Yeah, Brady Games Strategy Guide, which is beat to hell, still got the, uh, the, uh, 1599 news sticker on it. Back when uh, it was Squaresoft? Yeah, back when it was Squaresoft, this is my first strategy guide ever and it helped me get past opposite not get past opposite armor but figure out like what to do there get an idea yeah i think like um you know we'll, we'll talk about kingdom hearts more but like those there's the, there's beginning um uh roblox mm. chameleon and opposite armor figuring out how to do that because it's like okay like you exhausted your world it's like it, it wasn't clear that you had to go back to traverse town and like do things mm. um i do feel like that's what makes this game also so unique like when you start going down more of the entries later on in the series, like they give you guidelines, like this is what you gotta do next, that sort of thing. But with this game, I feel like you ha- there was a lot more surprises. You pretty much had to figure it out yourself. Yeah, yeah, because I remember like I th- I beat my head against Camille. Uh, it's it that stealth, boss is called Cam- Stealth Sneak, something like that. Stealth. Yeah. I, why am I calling Chameleon? Is that what it's called? Well, it's a chame- it's based off a of chameleon. I know so. it is a chameleon, but yeah, the Stealth Sneak or whatever. It, I can. What am probably, I doing? It's probably in there. What am I doing? <laughs> Here we go. Ready. We're just reviewing our sources. Ready? Sabor. Nope. Clayton. Stealth Sneak. Yeah, it is Stealth Sneak. I forgot that. And I know, like, you know, like, Power Wilds and, like, the most of, like, the actual names of the Heartless. I mean, if you but can, that one just totally if you can remember all of those names, my God. You know, that's what's funny with some games. I'm like, when I was a kid, like, I knew, like, the names of, like, every monster. And it's maybe because I had the guide because I was reading what they mm-hmm. were. Um, like, especially with, like, Final Fantasy games and Kingdom Hearts games. Like, you know the enemy, like, the names of the enemies, right? Um, but yeah. Yeah, I remember, like, that. <laughs> that was really hard. And it was funny, like, replaying it a few years ago. <laughs> and it's just like, why was this hard? <laughs> like, like, why was this difficult? Yeah, that's one thing about Kingdom Hearts. It definitely feel like, it definitely pushed us to really, like, be, like, more... Better gamers. Better gamers. Yeah. You, Dude, wouldn't, you wouldn't think it from the game, but it really pushed you. I mean, we can kind of talk about the game as a whole. I think we're going to do that. But where were... Did you have any, like, roadblocks with it? Like, I know, like, Riku... Riku. ...in Hollow Bastion... The second time. Yeah, is, is the main roadblock that I think every person and their mom got stuck at i helped people beat that boss i helped people beat chernabog back in the day like i was the kid who like i beat kingdom hearts and i would go over people's houses to like fucking beat bosses yeah you, <laughs> you told me how to beat the phantom i remember that <laughs> yeah because i probably had the guide and i like knew how to beat it see like i don't have like too much memory of like struggling on those bosses other than just riku 
Like, I think it took me a few times to beat Ansem at the end, but, like... Even Sephiroth? Like, I don't... Yeah, I don't know. Like, I don't have, like, a memory of, like, being stuck on him for some reason. Yeah, so where were your roadblocks, if you remember? I mean, roadblocks, when it comes to main story, was probably with Riku. Like, the second Riku battle, of course. And tell the truth, when it came to playing the game, I didn't really take full advantage of certain stuff. Like, I see so many people, like, using summons now, like, for Tinkerbell to heal you and all that type of stuff. For sure. Like, I, we I didn't th- really take advantage of all that type of stuff. And I think that's just a byproduct of being a kid and playing a very complicated JRPG. Not that Kingdom Hearts is complicated, but, like, you know, you're not taking use of the magics or the summons. I remember when I replayed Kingdom Hearts 1 on PS4 a few years ago, which I'll probably reference a few times, obviously, the second time I've said it. Um... I used, like, Bambi a lot more. And, t- and I think I used Tinkerbell because it was obviously a heal. But, like, yeah. I was just, like, more aware of what I had to use. Mm-hmm. Not just, like, going up to bosses and wailing on them and using Cure. And using, like, hotkeys and stuff. That the was, shortcuts. That, that was pretty much what we did the, the entire time. <laughs> just went up to shit and wailed on it. Um, yeah. and uh, But, yeah, again, like, the Disney of Kingdom Hearts was never what reeled me in ever i don't know about you but like i have a feeling it had some sort of part to it because around that time i probably was just transitioning out of constantly watching disney movies so i pretty that pretty much was the reference i had pretty much i think one of the coolest things like when kingdom i think with kingdom Hearts one chain of memories and two was like obviously watching disney channel back in the day and they would have interviews with Haley joel osmond and jesse mccartney about kingdom arts 2 or kingdom arts 1 or chain of memories and even the commercials for them i was always like yeah like fucking like freaking the fuck out because i was like this is sick like video game commercials like cool Mm. yeah i don't remember those i I really remember the chain of memories one and then when i saw that i was like what the fuck is this (laughs) like is this just kingdom arts 1 like on game boy like i had no idea what it was I think I was the one that told you about it, actually. You probably were. Because I, 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 couldn't, I couldn't have, like, told you. Like, I got it. I played Chain of Memories on when I got my DS. One of the first games I got was Chain of Memories on the Game Boy Advance. And I put it in the, the bottom port on mm-hmm. my light. Um, yeah. Yeah, I'm trying to, I'm trying to think about that. Yeah, and I, I remember beating it and playing it. And that was, like, in middle school. That was, like, really late after it came out. Like, mm-hmm. it was not... Kingdom Hearts 2, I think, was out at that point, too. Yeah, 2 was, like, maybe 2005, 2006. Yeah, it was probably, like, 2006 when I was playing Chain of Memories. Um, yeah, but um, what else? What else Kingdom Hearts? You know? it, it It's kind of it's weird to think back to that first game because it, it holds up, right? Like, what do you oh, think? Yeah. It definitely holds up. I feel like it's probably one of the purest. Like, they weren't, like, trying to reinvent the formula. It was from scratch. I feel like they were definitely trying to mess around with different types of of mechanics that you don't see in later games pretty much making it a much more unique experience yeah like the graphics were incredible it's a jrpg like the cutscenes were impressive like you open up and like you're like whoa i've never seen anything like this in my life i mean that opening where you like it's different type of texture cgi you hear simple and clean fast version that's like iconic now like for the opening right yeah and then you know i think that whole game like i still think it looks great like it's it's graphics really hold up. Even the teeth. I like the teeth in that <laughs> for teeth. some reason. I think I don't know what it is, but like I I like don't mind that. I, I know it's a weird thing when you think about it. it's like like they show teeth a lot because in games they probably don't show teeth all that often. 
especially in like older games like that. <laughs> I mean, like I've also done some re- some replays of it recently. Actually, I actually tried to do the f- fucking 100 level on Destiny Island thing. I could not do that. I had to stop it's, at level 30. It just takes a while, right? It, it, it takes forever. Yeah, I remember with proud mode, I I stayed on Destiny Island's ground. I when I played it last, I grinded a few levels out there. And one of the things, kind of uh, segueing, uh, like the decisions at the beginning of the game, you had no fucking idea what those meant. <laughs> they had like that was that was so <laughs> unique. Like that's how you that, that that helps with your experience. It helps with your abilities. That and sort I, of thing. I don't think I knew until I replayed that game. I'm like, what is the midday stuff? It's like, oh, it's your XP kind of um, scale, like your scaling of your XP, like at, at certain points in the game. And I was like, like in the beginning of the game, you get more or end of the game, you get more, that sort of thing. Yeah. And I'm like, that's really interesting. I'm like, I wonder why they decided to put that in the game. It is a very odd, you can choose the scaling of your game. Do you want to like level up quicker in the beginning or the end? Or the other one is just, it's just balanced through the whole way. Right. And I think it's more like just in the middle, maybe. Yeah. I'm trying to think what the third option is. And then, you know, the staff, the shield. And the sword. And the sword. I picked the shield the first time I played. Yeah, I always picked the sword until I started playing yeah, like it's Proud. A sword. It's a sword. So, yeah. You gotta pick the sword. Um, I think I picked the staff or the shield I mean, on I, my Proud playthrough. I mean, I probably experimented a couple times on the original game, but when it came to the final mix version, then I started getting more into depth when it came to what abilities do I want when it comes to how far I'm going to go in, that sort of thing. And I assume Destiny Islands, you know, we run into Selfie, Titus, Waka. My first time seeing those characters, yours Same. as well. I mean, I'll put it to the record now. Final Fantasy, I didn't even know about until Kingdom Hearts, so right. pretty much. I was, that's exactly what I was going to say verbatim. I think Kingdom Hearts, like, opened the door to, like, oh, like... And I think they, I knew they were Final Fantasy characters. Or the guide tells you they're from Final Fantasy. Mm. And I think I was, like, looking through it, and it's like, oh, Waka... FF10. Yeah, it was like, like it, it was like in the journal entries like And I you, bought Yeah, you yeah. you're exactly right. It's in the journal entries it tells you that. Yeah. And I think I knew what it was. Like I'm like, "Oh, Final Fantasy is like another game from them." Mm. And you know what's funny? How weird is that? And you just bought it. Like you were just like, "Yeah, I'm on board for that." <laughs> like in any other game if that was a thing, I think you'd be like, "Huh?" What? Like you just question it. I but mean, like I sometimes forget that 10 was still in, was in development around the same time actually. Yeah, 10 came out very shortly before Kingdom Hearts 1, so I don't think it was out too long. I mean, I know Yuffie was originally going to be Riku. I know that's probably the first time people saw Tidus and Waka, so... Yuffie was originally going to be Riku? Yeah, you know, with two Ks. That's what, that's what I saw in development. Like, they originally thought of having... Well, they didn't want to get it confusing because you already got a Riku character with one K, that sort of thing. Wait, what does Yuffie have to do with that? No, Did I, you meant Riku? What I meant is, like, pretty much they were going to originally have Riku in, but then they swapped her out with Yuffie. Oh! Oh, the literal, ca- like, mm. Final Fantasy Riku. Got yeah. it. Yeah, that would have been weird. That wouldn't have made any sense at all. Mm. I wonder why they chose to do a same name of a character they already had in a Final Fantasy game. I mean... That's really strange, I right? Mean, and, name, like, gender-swapped, too. I mean, name-wise, like, Riku means Earth, or I mean Sky, Kyrie means... Is it water or sea? Something like that. But that's what they were kind of trying to go with. What, is it? what does Kyrie mean? I know Sora is sky. I don't know. Is it sea? I think. I know Aqua is close. It's, 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 like, it's like ocean or sea, something like that. Okay. Yeah, yeah. And like, so like Kingdom Hearts not only opening the world to like JRPGs, but like Final Fantasy as well. Because like shortly after, 
oh boy, you believe me, I got Final Fantasy X. And I remember the first time I saw Final Fantasy X was at Chris Boyle's house. He was renting it. Or no, he borrowed it from his cousin Greg, I think. And he was playing it from Greg, and I was over there. And they were on the part with Luca, and when um, Yuna gets captured by the Abed Sykes. Mm. And I was like watching him do that, and I'm like, oh, this is Final Fantasy. I'm like, oh man, what is what a contrast! Like you take this much more adult, you take this toony, and then you make it all more violent, more adult like. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But like you know, it, Kingdom Hearts and Final Fantasy have a very similar aesthetic. It's just kind of Kingdom Hearts is a little more, like you just said, cartoony, mm. not as like adult. Um. But yeah, yeah, Kingdom Hearts, it, it's so funny. I, I remember, like, being... One of the things I was like... And it's funny playing Kingdom Hearts 1, how base it is, but, like, I was always like, yeah, like, Kingdom Hearts has backstory. I really like the backstory. I remember I mean, that's constantly pro- saying that. That's probably the thing that... The reason why we continue to, like, go on with the games. Like, that's the whole reason I got a PSP. Like, just to keep in touch with the story, figure out what's going on, all that type of stuff. And we're still doing it today, like... <laughs> like literally <laughs> there's no stopping it for as the current situation is let's just say it's getting meta and leave it at that yeah and i definitely want to talk about like kingdom hearts just save it for the end it would it would make sense but um yeah i remember like you you had the <laughs> i remember going over to your house and you had the rechain i remember playing at your house like and i'm same with birth by sleep like i didn't play those games until literally when i got the collection on ps4 until they finally got the ps4 yeah and i mentioned it in our kind of pre-show uh talk but that is the one great thing about the series. You can play it on all consoles, even Switch, even though it's kind of shitty. And if you want to speak to that now, it's probably be a good time. But you, it's accessible. You can play it. You can play the first one. You can play all of them. I mean, some people will complain about that, thinking that, like, say, like, they want to play this game. It's on a different console. Personally, I think Kingdom Hearts has always been kind of an experiment for Square. They're just trying to mess around with different types of hardware, put different parts of the story on there, see how much of a following it gets and just pretty much mess around with all the different types of gameplay. Like, everything that came into 3, that was all experimented upon from Birth by Sleep, Dream Drop Distance, just all these different types of stuff come together. Yeah, and, like, Kingdom Hearts 1, obviously the most base version, and then, like you just said, like, every iteration kind of, like, learns from its predecessor and improves upon its systems. And you're right, like, Kingdom Hearts 3 is really Birth by Sleep and 2 and 1 sort of, like, married and like made better pretty much if i if i recall like you know obviously with like chain of memories with the i think they learned that like that wasn't the best route <laughs> i i have to admit playing rechain is a is something is a fucking slog like it's that combat is not long term not good it was unique but it definitely didn't need to last it's a it's a better mobile game like or it's a better gba game like, I don't think the, the, the remaster does, like, the combat justice. It was better. It worked on handheld better. I mean, also another thing I think they really try to do, they've been trying to pushing so hard to make it multiplayer. If, like, Chain of Memories was the original, next thing you know, they're trying it with all the different ones. With the... Could you link the GBAs and play yeah, multiplayer? Like, I don't think I remember that. Yeah, you could pretty much just co- connect with someone you're already playing with, like, try and battle each other out with your each with your decks, something like that. Nothing too crazy. It was just, like, what the hardware could do at the time. Yeah, and Birth by Sleep did it. Did Dream Drop Distance have multiplayer? I don't think so. I think it was more along the line of putting your assets, like your spirits, in, leaving them at a link, something like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. It, it's it's funny. It's it's kind of funny talking about Kingdom Hearts because I never like think back to Kingdom Hearts one, where it all started. Because like it's not really 
it's not really relevant in the conversation of talking about the progression of it because it's so base that mm. like and like like going back to that story point like Kingdom Hearts one is is really not as confusing as like maybe your mind has now told you Kingdom Hearts is right like they introduced the Disney stuff and you kind of buy it. Like, there's a knot at one point where it's like, this doesn't make any sense. It's a little weird, but I think, like, it's like, oh, like, the, like they're using the Disney worlds to kind of, like, propel the story. And they do that with every game. I mean, that's kind of the thing, too. Like, some people will say, oh, these Disney worlds, does it play a main point to the, to the plot? Well, actually, it does. Like, there's a bunch of, like, hidden stuff, like, hidden meanings, that sort of stuff. Like, certain messages that lead to some sort of plot twist at the end. Yeah, it's usually, like, the morals. <laughs> mm -hmm. um, yeah, and, like, like, I think in... I like how they do the actual plot in the, in the Disney worlds and kingdom hearts one, like better than I think three, like Monstro is really like you go there to find Riku and like the level revolves around you chasing after Riku after destiny islands. And like he has it, Pinocchio and it like, it clashes really well. Yeah. Like one and two, like one in particular, it doesn't focus on just redoing the entire story you've seen in the movie. It like has its own sort of plot elements to it. Like, right. Whereas like, if you look at like Frozen, the most controversial level of Kingdom Hearts three, like you're they're retelling the plot of the movie, whereas in yeah like Kingdom Hearts one, Tarzan almost like does it like Olympus Coliseum doesn't Wonderland sort of does Monstro doesn't. I mean that's another thing I feel like that Halloween Town doesn't. I feel like, that really that's doesn't. one of the big thing one has really like it has a lot more relevance to it like say people getting kidnapped stuff like that like just interconnection. Meanwhile. Back when you play all the other games, everyone's kind of isolated again, so I feel like it's not as integrally connected, not as crisis-oriented, but I do feel like that's definitely what makes it more unique. Like, it's all connected. Like, you're not isolated to one world. People are coming together, whether it be by their choice or not. Yeah, yeah, like, that's what Traverse Town's about, right? Like, all these people from, like, their worlds being swallowed by darkness and... It's the foil for why the Final Fantasy characters are there. And originally, I'm like, oh, I guess the Final Fantasy worlds are canon to Kingdom Hearts, but they're all from, well, no. not all of them are from Hollow Bastion, but some of them are, I think. Like, majority, I would say. Yeah, but, like, Leon, I think, is from, I don't think he's from Hollow Bastion, is he? I mean, it seems like that, like, that sort of group that they were originally supposed to be men in Hollow Bastion. In fact, they were supposed to have a story in Birth by Sleep, but they never went to that, so. Yeah, and I, and it sucks we really don't get a lot of Final Fantasy in, in 3. That was such a, it was such a, like, at that point, it's like, you know, these characters have been here for a little bit. Like, it just doesn't make sense to kind of pull them out. They're very integral to the story, too. I mean, in it, 1 and 2. I mean, it got to the point that you have so many unique characters, but the thing is, people did complain about it. In fact, we didn't even get Radiant Garden to begin with, so they put it in the DLC. So, there you go. Oh, yeah, for Kingdom Hearts 3. Right, yeah, the DLC. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was, like, thinking Kingdom Hearts 1. I'm like, DLC? What are you talking about? Um, yeah, and, like, I, I think it's funny, because, like, you think about that, and it's, like, the first few worlds, besides, like, seeing Donald and Goofy, like, you know... Mickey's gone and they're they need to go find him and they wind up at Traverse Town and we meet. The first two levels have nothing to do with Disney. And like and you see Pluto in Traverse Town and like that's that's the first time like Sora interacts with the Disney aspect and then mm -hmm. he runs into Leon and you get to fight him and like that cool optional win lose fight, which was always like, Did you fucking beat Leon, you scrub? <laughs> <laughs> I remember like always being like 
Like the first time, obviously, you get your ass kicked by him because you just don't really know how to like play yet. You don't know how to fight. You don't like know that you can beat him. So yeah, and then like you beat him and you get do you get it? You get a bonus ability, right? And then like a, some XP. I I think it's mostly XP. I can't really remember. I think it's just mostly for alternate cutscene that sort of thing. Yeah, and it's like and it, when he's like Yuffie like calls him Squall and says like you know he he got you or something like that, and the other one is like you know you, I think you're overdone at Squall. Yeah. Leon, <laughs> I'm not Final Fantasy character. <laughs> I do feel like that's also another thing they try and do. Like they change try his to, name. They try to remind us that they are in fact those characters, but they're not from their original like point in time. Like and of, and then they use Final Fantasy characters right after that to explain the plot of the game. They're not even using like original Kingdom Hearts characters to do that, and it's pretty wild. And then you know we meet up with the the trio, and then off we go. It was de- definitely the one of the big things. Like, it was the start of Kingdom Hearts. They weren't, I don't know about Nomura because he probably looks things like 10 steps ahead, but it probably. Yeah, he wasn't that. I don't, you know, especially during Kingdom Hearts 1. <laughs> I think he was just with that game. He was just trying to, like, just give us this is the marriage of Disney and Final Fantasy. Here you go. Before it started getting all, like, adding its own characters, adding its own plot, that sort of thing. Like,. Just trying to make its own original thing with what they currently had before they started making more originality for the series itself, you know? What's your favorite world in Kingdom Hearts 1? I was actually thinking about that one. It's a tough one. I, as controversial as it would say, I would probably say Atlantica. Really? Why? Just because of how... (laughs) (laughs) It is a fucking really hot take choice. Because it is definitely... It's different, like... It is. I like the whole idea of going between two planes... fighting in the water, that sort of thing, like having to change your combat so it doesn't get too stale, that sort of thing. Yeah, um, okay, I respect your opinion. I won't, like, totally bash it. It's definitely it's definitely the world easily hated, right? It's I'm, the underwater you ta- world. You, you talk about two, that's a whole other story. Oh, yeah, yeah, for sure, right? I think I, if, if you were like, yeah, my favorite level in Kingdom Hearts 2 is Atlantica, I'd be like, dude, what are you smoking? What weed do you want? Um, yeah, but probably another close one would probably be maybe... Of course, Hollow Bastion. That's that's iconic now. Yeah, I I, I think I I think like my my um my like what am I trying to say? My favorite world cop out pick is Hollow Bastion because it's just cool aesthetically, but it's also original. So it's like I mean like you know picking from the Disney worlds. I think Halloween Town. And I think because I like the plot there and I like the characters most and, you know, we get the costume changes and, and same with Atlantica and we get, you know, in Atlantica, we kind of, we don't, we don't get like gimmicks with every world, like not a lot of them no. to be honest, but like Atlantica and Hollow Bash or Atlantica and Halloween Town are both together and they both have the gimmick of the outfit change. That, and That's and how the, the aesthetic really started, like outfit changes, mechanics changes that will eventually be brought into two and stuff like that. Yeah, yeah. Adapting to the world, that sort of thing. Yeah, and then the the forms and stuff. Um, yeah, it's pretty crazy that that's your favorite. Because um, I, I, yeah, it's definitely not a highlight. Especially one thing, I think the only thing that really is bad about Kingdom Hearts 1 is that fucking camera. That camera's trash. The original camera, definitely, back when it was the L2, R2, that it's, sort of thing. It is so bad. Like it, 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 like I, And back then, they did have the right... Jo- what not Joy-Con uh, analog stick analog stick so it's like they couldn't like they just didn't think about it then 
Yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't blame them, but like even going back now, it's like, yeah, that camera's still like not good. <laughs> like, yeah, like just the way I, you know, I don't know I mean, how, why was, it's bad, but it's fucking bad. That was the kind of thing for games around that time, and that's one thing I do appreciate about Kingdom Hearts as well is I had no idea that one of my favorite games, Super Mario sixty four, did help its creation. Oh, what? How? Yeah, so pretty. Nomura claims that he did in fact get inspired for Kingdom Hearts, the whole open world type of aspect from Super Mario sixty four, and that game was already. It is a platformer in a way. Yeah, I that, mean, it has platforming like, elements, especially the first one, like very hard platforming elements. I mean, that game, like it, it's, it's influenced so many other games that came right after it, like Banjo Kazooie and other sort of platformer games. And next thing you know, Kingdom Hearts. Wow, I had no idea that was a thing. There you go. Um, I'm trying to think of like some other worlds we haven't talked about. Uh, I mean, we don't have to talk about them all, no, but like I'll Neverland. You, I'll tell you, Neverland. Looking back at it, is probably not the best because you're just on the pirate ship the entire time. Like you're not actually on Neverland. Like I think, didn't that world get cut a lot? And that's why they did it in Birth by Sleep because I'm they didn't. Not sure, it, they didn't really flesh it out. Yeah, you're on Big Ben and you're on the pirate ship, and it's it's not. But it worked for some reason. It like worked, even yeah, going but... back and playing it, like it's short, but like I'm like it it works because like and that's where Riku's story really like comes to a head where he finds Kyrie and he's like really confronting you now and now Sora's disillusioned and anti Sora, which was another difficulty check boss. I remember having oh a, yeah that a, was a hard tough. a hard yeah. time with him in that small ass room um, on the on the uh, on the pirate ship. Um, and again, another, another Disney world that really just doesn't follow the Disney story. They really, you know, whatever, jumping ahead of our conversation and I'll probably say it again, whatever they do with the next kingdom hearts, I really hope they, they'd be like, they don't force to do the plots of the movie because they really do that hard in three. I think they really, yeah. Disney kind of like was like, all right, we know you're successful. Do the movies. Yeah, I feel like it's not as much originality. Like, right. That's kind of the thing, too, that makes it so unique. Like, it's not the exact... Like I said, it's not the exact same story that you're used to watching on TV. There's new elements. There's the heartless. There's new types of stuff that makes it, like, a dire situation. Makes it different from what's supposed to you expect on the script. Yeah, like, I'm, I'm even trying to think. Like, Birth by Sleep, Lilo and Stitch, it's the first fucking 20 minutes of the movie. It's not, like, you don't go to the Earth stuff and do that. And, like, even, even with Neverland, it's another part of the movie, but it's not the movie. I'm trying to think of other Birth by Sleep world to help me, remind me. Uh, Olympus. Yeah, we actually get the plot of the movie for for two games. We didn't. Um, just very, very, funny. very lightly. Like the first one, not at all. The second one, like barely. Like you know, it's there. It's the end. <laughs> it's the end of the movie. In, in Birth by Sleep, it's the beginning of the movie. I mean, the first couple of ones, Enchanted Dominion, Dwarven Woodlands, Castle of Dreams, like, they go by the script mostly, but the fact that they had to split it up between three different characters, that's definitely one of the things. But it does have that old formula, like, all these monsters are coming in, but it doesn't necessarily has interconnected, like, Maleficent's there, and she's spreading it to all these other worlds. It's not that sort of thing, like, one has it. And I have to, and I have to give it to Olympus Coliseum in... Um, three, it doesn't do that either because it's a, obviously we've been to this world and Pirates of the Caribbean is telling the sequel, which again, I was like, I just didn't, I didn't. Yeah. It's, it's really funny. I don't think I've ever really had that. at realized like that was a negative about Kingdom Hearts three is how close they follow their Disney movies. Mm -hmm. And in Kingdom Hearts one, it's just like, yeah, they don't. And it works much better because they have more room to tell the Kingdom Hearts story. And that's kind of a, at this point, I'm like, uh, I'm jumping ahead a little bit. I like want. I almost want Kingdom Hearts to kind of get away from Disney in a way. Like, I know it has to have it, 
but like they they have so much story now that they they almost need to realize that and like realize they don't need to follow Disney movies so closely mm. and let their story bleed into those worlds and control the narrative rather than the Disney movie plot. I mean, the way I see it, it's more along the line of they have to balance that out, like trying to, like, you go to these worlds, you, fi- you fight what's there that's not supposed to be there, and you go along with the story even if it's not 100% accurate, but just make it so that you, like, have some sort of interaction, that sort of thing. Because that's the big thing that the Disney worlds do when they don't have direct characters in there. That has some sort of secret message to go to the final plot of the game, something like that. Mm-hmm. Kind of going back to when we're talking about like the the original Kingdom Hearts or the Kingdom Hearts plot. You know the stories and the characters. And Kingdom Hearts one's really simple. It's like you know three friends want to see the worlds. outside world. Right. Very simple. They have a plan. It goes awry. Now we're looking for them for the rest of the game, and that, and that's really the plot. And it's it's really Sora looking for Riku and Kairi, and then Riku kind of you know being the best friend rival who he is literally from the get go. The way they introduce him, that shot of his foot, hey, and his foot like slams on the ground, and they, they like the way they kind of portray him is you know he's the older like I I want to say like like the, the hotter guy, yeah, he's the alpha. That is the way to say it. He's older, and like Kairi likes him more. And, like, you clearly, like, Sora's kind of like, <laughs> like, I'm going to beat you in the race. And then, you know, you do the race and you fight and the the name of the boat, you know, it, you, you, it's either one or the other. It's pretty much Sora's growth, pretty much, and how it will affect everyone else. Right. And and I, I really like the villain aspect they take with Riku in that one. I think, like, we kind of forget about it because it's such a yesterday plot point. Like, we're so beyond it. But I really like, like, you know, Riku succumbing to the darkness being the original keyblade master losing it and sort of like being aware of that and like trying to like one uh, one up sora and get the keyblade back but still kind of like retain his identity of like his dark darkness essentially I mean, that's what makes him unique like he's like that's what majority of the characters haven't done like they haven't tried going into the dark because they know that that's their that's their enemy right that's... And it was riku's thing they can't do it again yeah you know they can't be like we're gonna do the same story with another character I, it's like well riku already did that i mean so. like they already tried with tara but we saw what happened so yeah and i, and I think tara's well and it makes sense sorry i hit hey, your foot hey, <laughs> tara's like plot with Riku makes a lot of sense and it makes a lot of sense in birth by sleep. He picks him to be the, uh, you know, hand the keyblade down to cause they're similar essentially. Maybe. So like that makes sense. Like when they're writing birth by sleep and they're like, Oh, we're going to make Tara kind of like Riku, but Tara in a way isn't like Riku. He's not exactly the same. Either. Right. They both kind of like fall to darkness, but Tara for a very more adult mature reasoning behind it of like protecting his friends where Riku is just kind of like looking out for himself in that first game. You know, he just wants to be powerful. It's, it's, it's very simple and you know, getting to the end of the game and, and you fighting him and, and you know, that fight being fucking hard as shit and how I can like recite every fucking line from that. Cut Literally scene. that was back before we had the option to just skip cutscenes. We'd have to do that we, every single time. I, like I, I know, I know that whole cutscene off the top of my head and the ending where where um Ansem's like look at this tiny place the heart seeking freedom yeah, that this island too. is a prison surrounded, surrounded by, by water, water. no the whole thing because of how many times i died and like i like i can recite that whole fucking cutscene um 
Yeah, just because of how many times I die. But, like, the cutscenes are good, but, like, obviously when you're trying to just fight a boss, it's like, uh, and you can't skip it. <laughs> yeah, and, but, like, you know, and then that kind of plot line, like, you beat Riku. And I like, I like the merge between, you know, Ansem and Riku and how you hear Billy Zane and David Gallagher's voices on top of each other. Really kind of cliche way to do a villain, but I think it really works. It, for some it does. Like, like it, it sounds like, I'm like, oh, this is cool. I mean, that definitely feels like just something that was staring us in the face, like that next thing you know, here it comes, that sort of thing. Here it comes! Ha, ha, ha. <laughs> yeah, I opened it up for that him that time. <laughs> yeah, and then beating him, and then, then Riku kind of has like a, you know, like a, what's it, what, turn of conscious? Is that what, is that what the he, saying is? He comes to his senses, real, he becomes possessed. You gotta run! The Heartless are coming! And then obviously, like, Sora sacrifices himself resurrects Kyrie. Soros comes back. Now Kyrie's back. And Ky- it, it's so funny. I don't really dislike Kyrie in one, but she's so almost like just there. She's the damsel pretty much. And then in, and then in fucking, um, in fucking, um, three, three, she just kind of like, ah, dude, they could have done so much more with her. That's probably the biggest it's so thing. so disappointing. That's the thing people complain about the most, and that's what people are hoping for when it comes to the future. Yeah, like, and we, then, like, we, she we, has such a glow-up, too. Like, especially in two. I like, I don't really like her look in three, by the way. Yeah. She looks so much more, she looks immature again. And I think it's the haircut. And I think the haircut, like, does her, even the outfit, the skirt, like, she's kind of done, like, a little dirty in her outfit. Like, she just looks immature. And they're like not like grown. You I, know? I feel like they were trying to replicate like similar styles to like what Sora was with the poofy pants, that sort of thing. Yeah, and I'm like, you know, I would love to play a game as Kyrie. Melody of Memory is is kind of like that, yeah, but I would like to actually play as her. I mean, that's what people are thinking is going to be next. Like, whether it be training with Aqua in Land of Departure or going off on your own to train, that sort of thing. Well, you know, and they, they do kind of open us up. It's like... Uh, Aqua, Terra, and Van do go back. Why do they go back in the darkness again? They just they, go. They were looking for Sora. They thought maybe he would, there would be a clue to him. In right. The- yeah, with Riku. Right, 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 right. That's why they go back. And I wonder if... Sorry. I wonder if they're ultimately going to end up doing anything with that. And it's just like, yeah, hey, it wasn't there. I mean, who knows? Because they are setting up something else with other characters yeah. that really doesn't pertain. There, yeah. What, what happened to Sora, I feel like that's kind of a detour leading up to what's going to happen next. That sort of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, going back to sort of the end of Kingdom Hearts 1, and I do really like, like, I know we don't really see Ansem at all until the end, where he's not, you know, and we find out in 2 that he, like, was just a heart, and his body was just like a... He had no body, he needed a vessel. Right. Look at this tiny place. (laughs) I, I, I like Billy Zane as... I did like him more. As Ansem. It's really good. He does a really good job. And it was crazy that they got, you know, if you don't know who Billy Zane is, Titanic, the villain in that. Nothing nothing against the current actor or... Yeah. yeah, uh, Richard Epcar, I think, does his voice now. It was just like, you know, what a, what a, what a pull. How'd they get Billy Zane, of all people, to do a Kingdom Hearts villain? And that was kind of a thing, too. Like, it was a product of its time when it came to the voice acting, too, back in the original Kingdom Hearts. Like, you had... Fucking Mandy Moore as Aerith. You had Christy Carlson Romano as Yuffie. You have, you had Lance Bass as Sephiroth. Like right, I think that trend does kind of follow. Like um, Yuffie's voice actor obviously changes to the Advent Children voice cast. Corey Burton was voiced or you know casted as Cloud for the first time in that game, and the reason he's Cloud up until the remake is because of Kingdom Hearts One. 
yeah. because that's where he's voiced for the first time. And yeah, Lance Bass as Sephiroth is like the the like the hilarious fun fact. <laughs> like, did you know an Insane member is fucking Sephiroth? I honestly have no idea originally. Uh, Christy Costa Romano's Yuffie, like you said, uh, Mandy Moore's Aerith. Um, who's Leon? I don't know actually. I'm is not... it is it nobody? It must be nobody known because we would know. Yeah, it must not be. Yeah, and they and then their voice actors I think switch a little bit. In two, like Christy Costa Romano drops, and like I just said, the Advent Children kind of voice cast comes in. Yeah, Aerith changes, but like it doesn't it doesn't bother me all that much. And I'm trying to think of anyone faint. Chris Christopher Lee, that's right, Christopher Lee as fucking um, Ansem the Wise. Or what ba- a pull! Or back when we had freaking Leonard Nimoy. May yeah, he, may he rest in peace. Oh, dude, oh, that makes me I. Thinking when, back. When he died, I was like, the first thing I thought about was, fuck, it, did he do his KH3 lines yet? And he didn't. And they and then they got Rugger Hauer, and he fucking died. And then they got Christopher, Christopher Lloyd. Lloyd. <laughs> and, like, I almost, like, I don't mind. I, honestly, I like Rugger Hauer better because, like, th- there's something about Leonard Nimoy's cadence that Rugger Hauer kind of has, and Christopher Lloyd, like, doesn't i guess christopher yeah. lloyd kind of like talks faster whereas like whereas like rugger Hauer like talks sort of like slower and like kind of has like a more evil cadence and he, you know he he's uh roy batty and blade runner like he's kind of like a villain archetype anyway christopher lloyd really i would say is not unless you count roger rabbit that's literally all i can think of yeah yeah so um yeah like i'm what was my point? Well, how did I get on this tangent? Oh, we're talking about Ansem. Um, yeah, and and I really liked how they did Ansem. I felt like it like it just worked, even though it was like really minimalist. Yeah, it was definitely like that. That's just how it was. Like it was the experience at the time. Next thing you know, you see all these changes as we grew up and saw the newer versions. Next thing you know, these different voice actors taking over, or just just voice actors just changing their voices, pretty much. Yeah. And, um, you know, then we get the big, uh, the big heartless boat. Oh, yeah. At the end. The, 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 the whole final fight's really great. And then it kind of ends. And there's really, the, the story's not, again, like I, like, I, like we kind of said in the beginning, the story isn't like crazy. It's really, like, it's really base. They also leave it really open-ended, I feel, like, thinking what happens next. Next thing you know, it goes into Chain of Memories. We didn't expect that to happen. Like, they always, like, were trying to bring you in with what's going to happen next. That sort of thing. Yeah, it just kind of wraps up. Whereas, like, and we get the teaser. But in all the other games, the story is, like, very much this grander fucking design by Tetsuya Nomura. And it turns into something so much bigger it, it than it It branches was. out so much that pe- a lot of people still have trouble just keeping track of things. And I think the, the issue starts with Chain of Memories. <laughs> Chain of Memories, like, kind of just is, like, a very, like, wacky kind of plot. Like, it, like it's almost like, oh, we're just going to revisit all the worlds again and, like, and, like, like, <laughs> like I don't even like we're just yeah like you're gonna like, lose your memory and we're gonna have like nominate take the role as Kyrie for a little bit and like and, it, and like in Kingdom Hearts 2 like I never played Chain of Memory so like I didn't really know that I know that story was from there and I don't think I like cared all that much it didn't like bother me you didn't think it was like important no not that I didn't think it was important but like I I 
<laughs> I, I, I picked up what it was putting down, I think, pretty easily. Like, I think I understood what was going on, but I don't know why. Like, I never, uh, like, I, I think when I was playing and I never was like, I have no idea who these people are. Like, I was like, oh, she's from Chain of Memories. And, like, that's all I knew and that was enough. Um, but we're kind of, we're kind of entering to a little bit backtrack to one. Um, I'm trying to think of anything else. Like, you know, the combat is, is good. It's fun. It like, hold, like, like we've said a few times, it holds up. Um, I'm trying to think of like anything I've like kind of missed. We kind of have gone over the whole game. I mean, now I think about it, I actually, when I've recently replayed, like, what do you think about some of the Hold world? towards me. What do you think about some of the worlds now? Do you think, like, they still hold up, or looking back, do you think they're kind of odd? Like, I look back at, like, like say, Wonderland. Like, it's it's just pretty much two diff three different rooms. <laughs> <laughs> it, it is. It is I mean, it's rooms. unique, but it just, um, it's just hard to say. It's a good point. I think college, like, some of the worlds are kind of cop-outs, if you think about it. Like, exactly like that. It is fucking three rooms. It literally is three rooms. Uh, Olympus Coliseum is two rooms. Um, uh, Neverland is two rooms. But then you have really intricate levels like Halloween Town and Atlantica and Agrabah and, um, and uh, uh, deep, deep Jungle. Deep Jungle. And am I missing any? Monstro's kind of intricate. Monstro's, Traverse Town... Yeah, and of course, Hollow Bastion, which is like again iconic Kingdom Hearts world. That the king, you know, in 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 the original, the Hollow Bastion is just iconic in a, even of itself. Just like the look of it is like this is cool, and like the music and every the whole aesthetic. I mean, it's iconic. Like it literally went to smash with Sora. So there you go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I guess to answer your question, I think the ones like I think they hold up. But, like, now that we're older and we can, like, critique games, you see that it is, like, very simple. But I don't think it's bad. I wouldn't say bad. It's just, like, it doesn't seem as, what's the word, uh, branched out as you would expect it. Like, like we have three now, how massive the worlds are, like, that sort of thing, like, how much area they can do. And even in two, they're, I think, I would say in two and three, they're very similarly sized. Maybe there's, like, in some of the worlds, like, there's a lot more, like, verticality to the maps. Like, like especially in, like, Big Hero 6 and, and San Francisco and uh, Frozen, which is uh, Ariandel. Ariandel, yeah. Um, yeah, like, there's just more up and down to explore. Whereas some of the maps, like um, New Cornea... It's just like a forest and you get to the city and that's it. And then that level is pretty simple. Like it's a forest and the city and that's it. And there's some like, it just takes a while to get to the fucking city. That's the tricky part too. I feel like, like what they did with three, they did, like you said, like many were vertical and try to make it massive, but that's kind of it. Like some of them, like you don't have as much unique sort of things to go around and look at. It's just this giant mass of space. Yeah, and I'm like, you know, there's still mysteries in those levels. Like, I remember the Trinities were always very elusive. Like, we were, like, especially, like, first playing, it's like, whoa, like, how do, like, we gotta go back. Like, you know, it's the it's the Castlevania kind of, or not Castlevania, Metroidvania style of, like, you know, you get the power up later, you come back, and, like, you do the Trinities and stuff. Because, I, yeah, I remember being, like, the White Trinity. It's like, oh, shit. Like, lady getting Lady Luck, like, totally optional Keyblade. Um, and the Keyblade designs in Kingdom Hearts 1 are very base, too. They're, they very much look like keys, whereas, like, we, to a point, like, the, the, the intricacy of Keyblades gets a very, 
out there. They really like had that shape of a skeleton key. They didn't get too crazy when it came to like proportions or certain types of aspects like the teeth or the handle. They just really just I feel like it was just because they had so little resources they wanted to try and make it. We don't want to make them too longer than the others. It would be yeah, a like out. I think Ultima Weapon from Kingdom Hearts One is like the best looking. You know? Because like in two it kind of they it just, gets it gets wide. <laughs> like it's big, it's meaty. And then like even in two with Fenrir we get, you know, a tumbler key. Yeah. And and you know Riku has a tumbler key as well. I was afraid that they were just going to replace the skeleton keys with just tumblers. I had to admit. I like I don't mind Riku kind of having that own design for himself. Like I think it's like okay, like he's more recognizable. Like Way to the Dawn, you know, when you saw that, it was Riku because it was like Soul Eater. It was a you know based off of Soul Eater, so they had to give him a look that was iconic to himself. And Van and Terra, you know what really pisses me off about three? How in they don't use um, Earth... Earthshaker? Earth, yeah, the last version of his Keyblade oh, for Terra. Uh, like, they the go Earth. back to the first one. I'm like, what, what are we doing here? Yeah, I got you. I got you. <laughs> what are we doing here? Lingering Will had uh, Ends of the World, Ends of the Earth. Next thing you know, Terra comes back. He's got Earthshaker. I know <laughs> yeah, it's like, okay. You're like, and then with Aqua, like, it makes sense. She's using Ericus's Keyblade for a while, and she has some plot. And then then having his first one is actually fine, because that is, like, his iconic look. That. It's, un- it's unique, yeah. Yeah, I forget what that Keyblade's called. Wayward Wind, I think. So. I think you're right. Yeah, like, that look is iconic. Like, and his last look is fine. His last, Ven's last Keyblade is cool, but, like, it's that first one that is really his style. Where, yeah, and it's just, like, I don't understand why they did it. I mean, it like, with back Terra. with the original development, when we saw that movie, like, how Terra's used to be Ends of the Earth and Aqua's used to be Stormfall, next thing you know, they changed into the smaller versions, which are now their iconic. Yeah, even with Kyrie, um, like, if we do get a game with her where we're playing as her, I would like them to do a different Keyblade. I think, what's her Keyblade called? Destiny's Embrace. Yes, yeah. you're right. I, like, I think we've now seen Destiny's Embrace a lot at this point where it's like okay like you can use that for sure but like let's get another design in there especially if she's going to go on her own adventure it only makes sense if she upgrades i mean i feel like that's going to be her base like how Sora's is kingdom key that sort of thing yeah 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 but yeah i I guess with Sora it is kind of different because we're we're getting a bunch of keyblades and you know you you swap off kingdom key uh very quickly for the most part yeah Kingdom Hearts, man. It's been 20 years. I'd also like to mention the fact that how far we've come, like like you mentioned back when it came to the six months release versus that sort of thing. Like Another thing we never got back in that day, we would just like be envious of Japan of the final mixes. We finally right. get, we finally get those now, and if, if they tried doing something like that, it's DLC. DLC. Yeah. yeah. Um, so, we can... I, I don't think I have anything more to say about Kingdom Hearts 1. I think we've kind of sung its graces, had some like nostalgia moments... Uh, for sure about getting into the series and stuff and and how but yeah like what do you want to see i know i feel like you have more thoughts than i do about like where we go from melody and memory well considering how things are starting to go looking kind of meta like i said we're not going to go too into detail when it comes to that it definitely seems like they have a lot of opportunities when it comes to what sort of worlds they can do what sort of types of ways they can do stuff depending on what character they want to do like like this is literally a joke on the internet but i always keep seeing like photoshops of say Kyrie nominating Shion on the cover of X2 like that's what people think is going to happen <laughs> I think people would I would love to I love playing as Aqua Aqua's one of my favorite characters but nah I don't I don't need the three of them together I don't need the girl power like it, that just I don't think that's the move you got a lot of character characters in Kingdom Hearts and honestly 
I think death, one of my things, and I've and I've been looking at it a little more, and it's kind of not thematic with Kingdom Hearts, but I think characters need to start dying. They need to kill characters off and, like, keep them dead. Because, like, everyone has come back, even the villains. And, and now the villains, we think, are officially gone. You know? I mean, like, Ansem, Xehanort, young Xehanort. They're just, gone. They're gone, yeah. I, they better fucking stay gone. Like, I'm fine. I was fine with them bringing them back. I kind of like that, but, like... Just for that, but just finally finishing up. Literally, that's what they said. End of the Darkseeker saga. There you go. We need... Like, I think death in Kingdom Hearts needs to matter more. And I and I, I kind of broached this in a Discord I'm in, and, and I was kind of, like, shot down by it. It's like, well, that's not Kingdom Hearts. I'm like, well, like, it, I think Kingdom Hearts can mature. Like, it doesn't need to stay the same. It can, it can grow up a little bit, which it has. It's a much darker fucking story. I mean, like, you know, Kingdom Hearts 1... Uh, this is one thing I wanted to mention that I got remembered it is is all about friendship. It's all uh, you know, I think I think Kingdom Hearts 1, especially playing it as a kid, like the friendship motif is is great <laughs> for a kid to like kind of like get that and be like, yeah, like even but, even now those romantic elements are like really still like not there between Sora and Riku or sorry, Sora. <laughs> <laughs> between Sora and Kyrie. They found to be something like that on the internet. Oh, there is. Um yeah, the 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 Sora Riku ship is is a thing. Um Yeah, like the 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 romantic elements like it's still not like fully like in your face. Like it's still really still about the friendship stuff. That theme has really come through the whole series, but I mean, considering what's supposed to happen next, who knows? They might try and touch upon it a bit more, but... I just I just want, like, I, I don't know if, like, I'm, like, who they would kill, but, like, I just feel like characters have to go. There's a lot of... We have a lot of characters now. And I'm, like, how, like, we can't give them all their own time, you know? And I think that was an issue we ran into Kingdom Hearts 3. It's, like, not everyone got their time. And Kyrie was the big one where we're, like, what the fuck? She was totally robbed. Especially from the original 3. And, like, you know, Ven, Aqua, and Terra kind of make sense. They come in later in the game. And the same with Axel, Shion, and, and Roxas. It's the same way. Except Ax, Axel from that list, he does get a little bit more because he's, like, alive <laughs> for most of the game. But, yeah, it's just, like, how do you do another Kingdom Hearts and, like, fucking iterate on every character in the series? Like, you I just mean, can't. I feel like they could potentially try and not make them as big a role, like have them involved but not have them as involved so to speak like the main plot of three was just trying to get everyone back and now they're back it's just a matter of how much you want to have them in the actual game right and we also have like organization 13 and the people from daybreak town like the the keyblade war people that we didn't necessarily get marluxia larxene which definitely brings back the Demix. point of there's been nothing so far, but considering the 20th anniversary is happening, we figure stuff's going to happen. Like, the Dark Road, that was, like, an extension of Union Cross. That was supposed to have an update in September. never happened. And mm -hmm. now it's now the update's coming up, and it's going to end. Like, I feel like they're trying to start with a clean slate now. They should. I think I think they had the opportunity to, like, you know, Melody of Memory was kind of like our... I, I you know, I, I think we both enjoyed Melody of Memory. Yeah, it was good. Like, it was, it was a nice take on the whole rhythm rhythm game sort of portion as well as just bringing up how important the music can be in the game itself which which it is you know one thing we didn't mention kingdom Hearts one soundtrack is fucking iconic in every sense of the word they all pretty much are every game has a very good soundtrack uh yoko uh shimamura 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 i think it is yeah it, like it's great it's fucking fantastic and it always has been music has been top notch since day one um yeah, and, like, doing a game like Melody and Memory, like, you know, 
I think you kind of said it. Square was experimenting. We have a fucking GBA game. We've had a 3DS game. We've had a PSP game. We've had a fucking rhythm game. I mean, that, that's um, what, am thing. I missing anything? Like, that's another thing we gotta watch out. They're all over the place. That's another thing we gotta watch out for. I feel like they're gonna continue to try and mess with the multiplayer aspect. Just depends on how oh, they're going oh, to do oh, it. I hope not. And there's multiplayer in Melody of Memory. I forgot about that, which I never did. I don't think. Neither did I. Yeah, I'm like, I don't need to. Um, yeah. I, I, I would like to see, like, obviously, whatever the next game is, it's going to be about Sora and, uh, sorry, it's going to be about Kyrie and Riku going after Sora, which I guess he's in Shibuya or whatever. <laughs> Quadratum, whatever yeah, it's yeah, called. Quadratum, yeah, yeah. Like, who knows? And like you're saying, it's very meta now. We're getting very meta. Who knows what the fuck Nomura is up to? But we're definitely going to get another game. I don't think it's going to be Kingdom Hearts 4. Yeah, who knows if whenever that's going to happen. Like, I'm not It'll s- definitely be a subtitled game. I'm not saying, like, just because of how long we waited for 3, who knows when we're going to get 4, but it's definitely... See, they, they know how to use Unreal. They're on Unreal. I would love to see another game in that engine in Unreal 5. But they've used Unreal. They know how to use that engine now. So, th- technically, the development should be faster. They know how to use the engine. They can make the game faster. They have all the assets. They're not making a game from scratch. So, that's kind of the advantage. I think we'll see it maybe in three years' time, at least. Two, three years, probably. I, I don't think it's that long away. I really don't. I mean, um, after all, we're supposed to have some big announcement soon. So, who knows what we're going to see. Yeah. Yeah. Chris, that about wraps us up. Is there anything else that you would like to say? I am glad my prediction for Sora for Smash finally came true. There you go. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, that's it. That's all we got. Guys, thank you for watching live at twitch.tv slash Delco Nerd Network. You can find this podcast everywhere podcasts are available, as well as youtube.com slash Delco Nerd Network. And we hit 100 subs recently, so thank you for that. And if you just want listen on... um podcasting apps be sure to sub over there too that just kind of helps the numbers go up you can find us um at delco nerds instagram twitter tiktok as well as facebook.com slash delco nerd network you can find all this information at delco nerd where you can join the discord and join in our kingdom hearts conversations or elden ring or whatever the hell we're talking about on that particular day for chris i've been gooch guys thanks for watching yes Stay nerdy. It's been good to be back. Thank you.